0: Hello, and welcome to the Homeschool Sanity Show, your prescription for happier, healthier homeschooling. I'm your host, Dr. Melanie Wilson, Christian psychologist turned homeschooling mother of six. Let's get started. Hey, homeschoolers. When we begin teaching our kids at home, we quickly realize that some of them have traditional smarts but others have smarts that aren't celebrated in school. My guest today is well-known author, Dr. Kathy Cook. I think she will inspire you to discover your child's unique smarts so you can maximize them in your homeschool. Before we start, though, I want to say how grateful I am to have been a part of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network since its start eight years ago. I took a year's sabbatical, so that means I've been speaking to you via this podcast for seven years. I don't take that privilege for granted. Here's a message about our birthday celebration this month.
1: Happy birthday, Ultimate Podcast Network family! Celebrating eight years in 2021 are bringing you the listener, free broadcasts on topics that are family-friendly. There are podcasts on homeschooling, kids, family life, and success over struggles. There are podcasts on rekindling your romance, household management, organization, health issues, techie skills, and podcasts on every academic subject that will help you in your journey. And there's more. I want to give a shout out to the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network Podcasters. They work hours and hours to bring you these broadcasts for free. And how can you thank them? Well, it's easy. One, subscribe to their channel. You can do this on any podcast app. Two, give this podcast a star rating on your favorite podcast app, as well as comment on the website. Three, share this episode and the network with a friend. And thank you, our listeners. You've kept us on the air for many years and millions of downloads. Also, I invite you to sign up for our easing that comes out weekly with freebies each month for subscribers only, as well as a list of all the podcasts you won't want to miss. You can find this podcast as well as others on the ultimate com. And happy birthday! Enjoy this upcoming presentation, and God bless.
0: Now, for my interview with Dr. Kathy Cook about your child's smarts. Kathy is the founder of Celebrate Kids, Inc., based in Fort Worth, Texas. She has influenced thousands of parents, teachers, and children in 30 countries through keynote messages, seminars, chapels, banquet talks, and other events. She is a regular speaker for CareNet, Summit Ministries, the Colson Center and Teach Them Diligently. She is also a popular guest on Focus on the Family Radio. She was featured in Kirk Cameron's movie Connect, and she has published five books with Moody Publishers. I know you're going to enjoy our conversation. Kathy, thank you so much for joining me here on the Homeschool Sanity Show. I am really excited to have you share with us more about the eight smarts that kids have, and we have too, and how you developed that concept.
2: Yeah, thank you, Melanie. I'm glad to be here with you. Uh, The research is done by Dr. Howard Gardner, who is a brilliant psychologist from Harvard University. But you know what? His books are long and theoretical and I think actually quite boring. And they're certainly not written for busy moms and dads who simply want to get a handle on their kiddos. And so, you know, I became familiar with this model and I'm passionate that children would be known, celebrated for their strengths and taught according to how they've been created so that they can be successful, not just in school, but in life. And so I wanted to take his material and make it accessible to uh, parents and teachers, and then add also that Christian emphasis that we believe in so strongly. So uh, it's research model, you know, our material at Celebrate Kids is super accessible. And I think that it's super fun to teach because even kids see it in themselves and find great encouragement in it.
0: Oh, well, I, I love it. And I love how you went about that, making research understandable, put it in layman's language for parents, and and then also understanding that the gifts that we have, whatever type of gift it is, is from God. And it's not just something that evolved randomly. So I love that. Well, you believe that everyone is born with these eight smarts, but that they need to be awakened. Can you speak to that and tell us how we can help our kids grow in these smarts?
2: Yeah, why don't I start with defining the eight and then look specifically at that idea of awakening. So we do believe, based on good research, that we're born with the capacity to develop all eight. When we are being word smart, we think with words. When we're being logic smart, we think with questions. And the only reason I speak about those two first is that they're what I call the school smarts. Because if we think about our educational part of the day, we read, write, speak, listen, ask and answer questions. You know math, science, literature are obviously really important. But there's six other ways of being smart. And we're passionate at celebrate kids, that all kids believe they're smart because that's what allows them to study and invest themselves in an education, which of course changes everything. When we're being picture smart, we think with our eyes in pictures. We might like fiction and uh, creative writing and classical art. When we're being music smart, we think with rhythms and melodies and we might sing in tune and play one or more musical instruments. When we're being body smart, we think with movement and touch. So we might be actors and dancers, clay sculptors and drummers and, of course, athletes. And these are the kids, Melanie, who will often say to me, you know well I'm I'm creative or I'm artistic or I'm good with you know playing soccer but I'm not smart. And then I get to say no, you know the reason you're a good artist or a good musician or a good athlete is because of how you're smart. And that can change their perspective about themselves, others and of course God which is so important. And then nature smart kids think with patterns. That's how they know a bluebird is not a blue jay and they would love to be outside all day long. And then when we're people smart, we think with other people, which is what you and I are doing right now. And our listeners are doing it as well as they're thinking with our thoughts. Um, Those of us who are people smart can read body language well and we're good at brainstorming and networking and collaborating and discussing. And then self-smart people, when we're being self-smart, we think deeply inside of ourselves. And we um, think our own opinions are actually more important than anybody else's, which can be a problem. Uh, but these are the kids who crave a quiet peace, privacy, and space, and are smart in in an intuitive kind of way that is often diminished in the system, if you will. Now, all, all eight we think we could all have, and the earlier they're awakened, the greater the likelihood their strength for a lifetime, and we can awaken the smarts in conversation when we ask questions of our kids. We awaken the smarts with field trips and trips to the botanical garden and swinging on a swing set and talking about the wind in our face and how kicking, pumping our legs makes our body move. We, um, conversations, the books we read, uh, the things we watch, the places we go. uh, All the, my brother is a clinical chemist and he would credit his long, uh, influential career to a toy grandma and grandpa bought him when he was 10. And our parents allowed him to make messes at the kitchen table. And that awakened in him what God had placed there, which was this logic smart ability. And he is now a, a remarkable chemist.
0: Mm, that, that is so neat. Um, I imagine, Kathy, that it's so encouraging for kids to hear that there are more smarts than just being word smart and I forget what the second one was that you said, word smart, logic, and logic, smart, that there is more to it than that. That must be just really kind of life-changing for a kid and his or her self-esteem development.
2: It is huge. You know, at the beginning of some of my programs with children, I'll, I'll say something like, you know, all of you have all eight of these smarts. And some children will say, Oh no, not me. You know, I'm not the smart one. My brother's the smart one. And then at the end, 30 minutes later, after I've simply explained to them in, in childlike terms, I asked them to raise their hand just four times. And I'll say, I know you have all eight, but let's see if you can identify your top four and your parents are going to be interested in this. And then those same kids will look at me and like, no, but I have all eight. It, it only takes 30 minutes for them to realize that, know their creativity their curiosity their ability to you know play the drums well or their love of acorns and leaves and bluebirds is because of how they're smart and you know smart allows them to study because they think you know i used to think that if you're not very smart you would study more but there's actually research and common sense says no if i don't think i'm smart then studying won't help Mm -hmm. so when you say to these kids you know you're you're creative because you're smart You love cause effect thinking and mysteries because of how you're smart. You use adjectives really well in your writing because you're a picture smart person and you love to make the pictures alive in the reader's mind. They look at me like, wow, how did you know that? And we, Melanie, we can do a much better job of affirming our kids and helping them develop their talents.
0: Yes. And so along with that, Kathy, how can we as parents help discover what our child's strengths are? Those top four smarts, as you were saying.
2: Yeah, that's such a good question, you know, because we do want that, right? How do we discover? And believe it or not, one of the best ways to find out how our kids are super smart is to ask ourselves, what drives us nuts about our kids, <laughs> you know, right? Or I might also word it, what gets them into trouble. And I really mean <laughs> that because too much of a good thing isn't a good thing. And as an example, and I don't know about you, but I was a chatty Cathy as a kid, two and a half years old, already given the nickname. And now I'm an author and a speaker and a podcaster and people pay me to talk, which is amazing, (laughs) you know, and so, but, but but I'm only here today, you know, on your show with you because my mom and dad chose to see all the, all the words of me as a strength to develop, not a problem to eliminate. So we need to look what drives us nuts. My brother as a, you know, growing chemist, as a young child, exploring and, doing things with stuff that probably other people wouldn't do, you know, the Hummer because she's music smart, you know, the body smart, mover, shaker, rattle and roller. So what drives you nuts? What gets them into trouble? Uh, What do they do in their spare time? You know, if they have 20 minutes, do they read or color or play with their dog, talk to a friend, go and just be quiet with themselves. Um, What subjects do they do well in, in school? You know, do they gravitate toward history, which is a picture, smart logic, smart discipline, or, uh, nonfiction writing, which would be a combination of word and logic. Um, when, they, when they read books, what do they like to read? When they do talk, what do they talk about? Uh, sometimes asking them is a great way to find out what are your strengths. Kids tell me all the time, you know, nobody asks me what I think about myself. So you can ask, you don't have to give you could give them a list of the eight, but you could also just say, hey, Jonathan, what do you love about yourself? What, what do you find that really brings you joy? That's a great question, by the way, to ask kids. And it might be a worship, which would be music smart. It might be, you know, I love being on my soccer team, which would be a people smart, body smart combination, et cetera. So those are some of the ideas.
0: Hmm, I love that. Well, I'm very interested to know what your perspective is on children's weaknesses. Uh, many years ago, when I was a beginning homeschooler, I got to hear a fantastic speaker at a homeschool conference, Joyce Herzog, who said that we shouldn't focus so much of our attention on a child's weaknesses because our children were going to be expending most of their time and energy in their careers and in their lives in their areas of strength, and that we should be focused on maximizing their strengths. So I'm really interested in knowing what is your position on the weaknesses. So if if my child is not you know, really engaging with some of the smarts, what should I as a parent
2: do? Yeah, great questions. You know, certainly being aware of weaknesses is important. I would say to children and adults, if we don't know our weaknesses, we don't know what to work on. If we don't know our weaknesses, we don't know how we might hurt people or frankly embarrass ourselves or the Lord. So as an example, spelling does not come naturally to me. I'm an author of many books. I'm a you know, blogger. It's I've an earned PhD like you do it's, but I'm not, spelling doesn't come naturally to me. The English language makes no sense. You know, my my last name is spelled K-O-C-H and we pronounce it cook, you know, it's ridiculous. And so, <laughs> uh, but I write books because, you know, God told me to, and you don't let your weaknesses win. This is what we tell children all the time at Celebrate Kids, know your weaknesses, surround yourself with people. So I'm the founder and president of my own company but people who work with me proofread my work. And I travel with the misspeller's dictionary so I can look up the word the way I think it should be spelled and find it there. <laughs> and, and you know, and I rely on the editors at my at where I'm published. And so if you know your challenges or your weaknesses, then you surround yourself with tools and people who will lift you up because we were not designed to live in isolation. We're designed to live in community and it starts in a family. So this would be a child relying on a mom and not being embarrassed to say to a mom or an older sibling, Hey, could you help me? Would you help me proofread? Because I can't catch my own mistakes. You know, those kinds of things. So we need to know our weaknesses. We need to know our strengths because that's how we overcome weakness. You know, if you think about how do you compensate for a challenge? I like the word challenge, by the way, often Mm -hmm. when I talk to kids, you know, how do you compensate for weakness? Well, you use your strength. And so that's it's important that we know both, I suppose. I just do not want kids defined by weakness. I want them defined Mm -hmm. by strength. That's what they should be willing to talk about and they should be willing to put forward. I think that if children are school age and word and logic are a real challenge, that's a bigger concern. Because in reality, whether you homeschool or you don't, words and questions are a big part of the day. How do we gain our information and how do we tell other people what we know through words? And so those two become probably the bigger deal, the bigger investment of time and resources, you know, if I, as a, I'm not very nature-smart, as an example. I've been on safari in Africa. I'm a member of the Fort Worth Zoo. I enjoy animals. I don't need to understand them. I don't necessarily need to spend a lot of time outdoors. And that's okay. It's okay for me to not be very, very nature-smart. I'm older. It doesn't really matter. Now, if I was 17 and I want to be a zoologist, it matters greatly, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. So this is where when parents know their children and children know themselves, and what, what are their interests, and what turns them on and ticks them off, then they can choose on their own where to invest their energy. And that becomes a very compelling uh, idea to children. You invest in what you believe value you value. Hmm. Does that make sense?
0: Yes, it absolutely does. I, I love that, that, um, you know, I hadn't really thought about that, that if we aren't aware of our weaknesses, we can get into trouble, right? <laughs> Uh, and of course, being aware of them allows us to compensate for them with with other people, with our strengths. And so I really, really liked that. Well, um, Kathy, you wanted to share with us some information about a book by Tina Hollenbeck, Eight Great Smarts for Homeschoolers, but you have written previously the book, Eight Great Smarts. And so what I wanted to have you address right now is how the Eight Great Smarts for Homeschoolers book is full of practical ideas for applying this concept that you have given us to the core subject areas, as well as to electives like fine arts and more. So can you give us some examples of how we could put this wonderful information into action by applying it to subject areas like social studies or math?
2: Yeah, I'd love to. I appreciate the question. You know, so I believe that all of us are smart in all eight ways. Teaching to a child smarts is beneficial. If we, if, let's say that we teach spelling words on a Monday and we're teaching to the word smart part of the brain, obviously spelling words would reside obviously with the word smart. And let's say that your kids don't get it. Let's say that they're confused when you come back to those same words on a Tuesday or a Wednesday, then maybe you reteach with a different part of the brain. Maybe you develop the picture-smart part of their brain, and you let them actually draw what a condominium and an apartment building and a ranch-style home and a farm look like. And believe it or not, all children will benefit from that, but especially picture-smart kids will benefit from the drawing of the definition. It cements it in their mind. Or how do you all spell Mississippi? Everybody who's listening with me, let's spell Mississippi. You know, M-I-S-S-I-S-S-I-P-P-I, right? You you could be about to die and you would know how to spell <laughs> Mrs. Dippin. And that's because of the melody and the rhythm, which is really good for long-term memory. And you, why don't we use that more often with math facts or spelling words or the definition of uh, words or the order of events for a history paper that I need to write without looking at my notes and I want it to be a cohesive, coherent idea. We can use the different smarts differently. Uh, And and I think to reteach, to re-explain, and I think that's powerful. So Tina did an excellent job in her book with, as you said, chapters for language arts, history, science, religious arts, uh, creative arts, and those kinds of things. And how can we um, bring the intelligences together to make a better difference for our kids? Very, very encouraging. You don't have to be an expert at all eight. You don't have to be an expert at science to use all eight But that science chapter, as an example, just can read it and you're going to have aha ideas. Oh, I could try this with Bethany. Oh, I think this idea would help my son, Jake, understand that scientific principle at a different level.
0: Mm, I love that. and I I really think that my listeners are going to be eager to uh, take a look at that because it can be... Your mind can just really go blank, you know. If you try to teach your child something the way that makes sense to you with your smarts, and your child just isn't getting it, you just you can be at a loss. So I am excited that you are going to give us some really practical ideas through Tina's book for that. Um, I wanted to move on to talk a little bit more generally about what are the advantages do you think of teaching this way teaching to a child's smarts versus a general education
2: you know one of the things that you might be surprised i would say first is that i think we we as the teachers will be more successful right so we it's not about us. Like, it's obviously, it's about our children. And yet I know the fatigue that comes with the lack of success. And so teaching and then reteaching. Reteaching is not the same thing Lower, you know, slower and louder. Uh, we want our kids to be successful when we teach according to how they've been designed. So maybe we know that a kid is picture smart. And on the very first day of spelling words, we let them draw. Or we let them choose their favorite color paper and their favorite color crayon or sidewalk chalk and a marker, and we let them on the first day experience joy and success. Now, we as the teacher will feel better about ourselves, which matters greatly to our being able to stick to it and not give up and throw in the towel and really have the emotional angst that comes with, oh, I'm never going to get this right. No, we can get it right. So I think that's huge because I do feel for the parents who have really tried their very best, mm-hmm. and that's why we, we create resources here, as you do, that will launch people into a greater you know, success. Obviously, our kids will find joy, success, and purpose. You know, I think that the older they get, the more important it is that they, you know, why am I learning this? Well, I'm not doing it you know, just to you know, fill it out and check it off on a list, but this is supposed to affect my today's and my tomorrow's. So when we help our kids discover that they're music smart and body smart, and that's why drumming is a better instrument for you than a flute, or you know, you're logic smart and nature smart, so maybe you're gonna work at a nature science museum and you're not gonna just quote unquote run a pet store. But if you're people smart and nature smart, maybe running a pet store is exactly the right thing for you to do. So I think we develop purpose. And, and for the believer, it, it's, you know, we, we see God in that. And it's essential that children have the right perspective about God being a good, creative, intentional creator who wanted me this way. And I can be successful and joyful the way that he's made me to be. I could go on and on. I've seen, <laughs> I have seen this information give hope to people as old as 70 years old who were never affirmed in the right way. And I've seen it give hope to the five-year-old who reverses B's and D's. And understands that it's okay, and here's some ways to make it better.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I I just love that because you know we have, I think, this expectation, especially as brand new homeschoolers, that there is a right way to teach that is imparted to educators in college that we haven't necessarily been privy to if we weren't trained as teachers. And then if our kids aren't getting something, or even what I hear a lot, even if their kids are just not enjoying school, uh, we can feel like we're messed up, like we we just aren't the right person to teach our kids. And so I think this is just really a lifeline for parents to understand that, no, there are so many ways to teach to our children, teach our children, help them to learn that a a regular classroom teacher is not going to invest the time and energy into doing that. Doesn't even have the ability to do that when she has 24 other students in the classroom, right? So, I mean, I think you're just really, really giving encouragement to especially new homeschoolers who feel like, oh, maybe I just don't understand
2: I sure hope so. Yeah, I know as a former teacher of in a classroom, it was, you know, I I wanted to meet the needs of all 28 of my second graders and all 150 (laughs) of my college students. Uh, It's an impossibility. You know, one of the greatest advantages of home educating is the individualization that we can bring to the task and individualizing in a family where the family value is this. So all four of my children will prioritize this and then individualizing it to the four kids within the family with different assignments and a different timetable and a different, you know, curriculum, even I suppose, but it's, um, it's so possible to know them. And I want to say, Melanie, to your listeners that, you know, the, the, you are, you will always be your child's best teacher on your worst day. You are your child's best teacher because no one will know them better or love them more completely and unconditionally than you will. And so we, we have to believe that in the believing of our believing and rise up for another day. And I think that this information that, that you're allowing me to share today can give us real hope. And you know what I want to say to Melanie, what about the mom and dad who are teaching their kids and they're not terribly word and logic smart. So it's hard, right? If you're the homeschool mom and word smart is not necessarily in your top three or four and you're talking and writing and reading all day, mm-hmm. that's called love people, you know, that's right. <laughs> you do it, right? you yeah. do it because yes. you love your kids. And this, I want to give you grace and say, this is why your head hurts by 11 a.m. <laughs> and, and this is why you don't read in your spare time. You know, if you've got friends who all their Facebook posts are about their latest and greatest books and they can't wait for the, you know, the sun to set so they can sit with a cup of tea and read the book and you're like, what? No, it's okay. You don't have to like that because you've been using your word smart, you know, all morning as you've been teaching your kids and it's fatiguing, you can do it. But this also gives you an understanding that the asking and answering the questions and thinking through, why did my kid just be misbehaving that way? Mm. Or why was Angelica so happy about that activity we did Mm. that kind of thinking, which helps the homeschool parent be successful is exhausting to the mom who isn't terribly logic smart. So you can do it. So it's, this isn't just about the kids, right? This is also about us and our preferences. Yeah.
0: I mean, that is, that is so true. And I, I think we could flip that example to the word smart parent who, you know, spends time going out in nature and examining earthworms and (laughs) all those kinds of things that I'm like, nope, I I really don't want to. Uh, But when we do that and we are teaching to a child who is nature smart, I mean, that is love too. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I would just add to what you're suggesting that it's okay to give yourself a rest time and to understand that you have been teaching out of your area of smarts, your top area of smarts, and, you know, have some rest time, (laughs) some downtime to do what it is that speaks to you, because you're just, you're doing so much for your kids.
2: I appreciate that. I love that and totally agree. Your, your earthworm example is priceless. (laughs) Yeah. And you know, and what's what, let me say this, which I think is a cool point too, is that the brain it's never too late to further awaken and develop a smart. I would be a smarter person if I was a homeschool mom, because I'd be invested in so much curriculum, so much content and so much of my brain would be active every day. So to the mom who just heard that and rolled her eyes and said, that is me. I hate being outside with the earthworms. that But guess what? As you do it because you love your children, your brain is actually being stimulated in ways that it, it wasn't back when you were their age. And it's a, it's ultimately a good thing, even if in the moment there's pain. <laughs>
0: so. Yes, that is that is so true. It's one of the, the real joys of homeschooling, I think. Um, just I read on my Facebook page that This mom said that she was giving herself a new, a whole new education that she hadn't had as a child. And it was just so rewarding for her. And I could really identify with that. And I love that you're helping us to see beyond the word and logic smarts in that education. Well, I am thinking about Kathy what if someone has homeschooled for years, but they've never given much thought to the smarts that you've described for us today? How can that person begin to incorporate the smarts?
2: Yeah, thanks. You know, th- my guess is that as they're listening, they're having their own aha moments as to why something was easier or harder or more enjoyable or not. And so what I'm doing is really giving language a, a new way of thinking about it. And I think to incorporate, you know, it, it would take effort. Let's, let's be honest there. You do not have to go out and buy all new curriculum. Now, there are certain types of curriculum and certain types of methodologies that we use in our homeschooling families that will align better with some smarts than others. I'll put that out there. And I do know of some people who read our books and hear me speak and make some changes. However, it's not, I, I'm not a huge fan of every month trying a different curriculum Sometimes it simply is us using the curriculum differently, either different timing or you know every other page. I mean, there's so many different ways that we can do it. So to understand that we teach, books do not. So if you're using a curriculum and it never suggests that you allow children to draw the definition of the word. It never suggests that you would have your kids act out, the the ending of the plot but you know you have a body smart picture smart child who would not only enjoy that but benefit from that you do it because you're the teacher the book is not and so it is possible to do that to begin to look at your material to look at your choices everything from the free reading to the assignments to the the service projects you do every other saturday in light of the of what we're teaching them today you can make the changes they don't have to be huge they can be minor to start with and i would also say that if you teach this to your children have your children listen to this podcast if your children discover this about themselves they will then help to hold you accountable and they may say respectfully they may say hey mom you know could i build a diorama that I could show Graham and grandpa when they come over on Saturday, because I think that would really help me remember the main points. And you told me that this chapter is really important that I understand because the next three chapters are based on it. So mommy, could I build a diorama? Could you let me get out the craft box and could I build something?
0: Mm, Wow. I love that. (laughs) I think that's fantastic. And even listing those eight smarts out for your kids and, and talking about them. But we have a great way for you to remember what those eight smarts are along with examples. And that is in the books that we've been talking about. Can you tell us more about what we can expect to find in your original book, eight great smarts, and also the new book by Tina, eight great smarts for homeschoolers?
2: Yeah, thank you so much. So in my book, Eight Great Smarts, uh, which is the subtitle, Discover and Nurture Your Child's Intelligences, uh, there's a chapter for each of the eight smarts. And in each of the chapters, there's a section for learning, a section for spiritual growth, a section for careers, because you can begin to develop an understanding about my future based on how I'm smart. Also, there's a section on uh, obedience and behavior, character development, Because again, as somebody who's very word smart, I could gossip or tease or name call or be sarcastic, but just because I'm good at it doesn't mean I should do it. Right. Right. And so, friendship (laughs) is also there's a section in every chapter about friendship. Because if I want to get to know someone who is people smart, how might I go about doing that? If I know that I'm logic smart and word smart and I want to hang out with somebody who isn't very much that, how do I behave in those social situations? And so, this book. Eight Great Smarts will help in a, in a variety of ways, in a general way. There's also um, good, yeah, it's just, um, you know, one of the phrases we use is the phrase, I will be smart with my smarts. So there's an emphasis in the book about this idea that we need to steward who we are and we need to be, be smart with our smarts and not be disobedient, et cetera. And then Tina's book, Eight Great Smarts for Homeschoolers, uh is based on that so there isn't information in her book about spiritual development or friendship or career per se instead it's simply it's simply but it's not simple in a in a boring kind of way will help a homeschool family address the needs of their children in all of the different disciplines according to the how they're smart. So this idea that we teach to all eight, we reteach to the ones that are going to be best for our kids to be successful. And it's the kind of book that I think people are going to want to keep referring to when they, you know, stumble one day and their kids hate school, you know, sit down, put your feet up and skim read it and look for some new idea that you could try the next day.
0: Well, I absolutely love that last part there <laughs> because I think that's what so many of us need when we, when we have when we have that bad day instead of you know signing them up for school
2: <laughs> exactly we need, to,
0: we need to grab eight great smarts right and and uh go there for more inspiration so how can we find these books where is the best place to find them
2: Our website is celebratekids.com, and we would love people to come there. We are a ministry, and so when people purchase from us, it does help us continue to do the work that we do. So celebratekids.com, and there's more information there. We're all over social media as well, but certainly the books are available at the online retailers that people are familiar with, and they might even be in a local bookstore. You never know. That would be a cool thing.
0: That would be a cool thing. Well, Kathy, this has really been delightful and I am excited that you have come and shared this new resource with us as well as reminding us about your original resource, Eight Great Smarts. So thank you again for your time.
2: You are so welcome. It's been a joy to be with you. Thank you.
0: To find the links mentioned in this episode, Go to homeschoolsanity.com slash smarts. Join me next time for how to speak the love languages in your homeschool. Have a happy homeschool week. Thank you for joining me. Happy, healthy homeschooling can be yours. It begins with one small step. Let's continue the conversation on social media. I'm at Psycho with Six. This has been a production of the Ultimate
1: Homeschool Radio Network.